Hey guys, the Texas Series Podcast is now easier to find. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Or you can also continue to listen to the Texas Series Podcast on the Anchor app. Just search Texas Series Podcast. Also, be sure to like and subscribe and rate the show. It helps me get out there to more people so more people can listen to this podcast and be involved in our community. Thanks again, guys. And remember, you can find the Tech Series Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, man, it has been a minute, everybody. Um, so, a lot of stuff has happened since I've been gone. Uh, a lot of news. Uh, we got some cool stuff out of Comic-Con. A lot of news broke last week. Um, you know, a relationship that is broken up that would have been in a real good place. And then, uh, oh yeah, I also read a book and I'm definitely going to review it for you guys. So sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy an all new episode of the Tech Series Podcast. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Tech Series Podcast here on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, as always, I am your host, Nathan Arredondo, and dang, guys, it has been a minute. Um, I have been away for a while. It's been, I think, almost two months since I've recorded an episode. Um, been busy, been busy, been working, uh, you know, just and have not found the time for to record podcast and I'm sorry but uh you know just life gets in the way and you just got to do what you got to do so but I'm back I'm here I'm ready to record again uh and a lot of stuff happened while I was away um we got some exciting stuff out of Comic-Con uh but uh you know that stuff happened practically over a month ago and I think everything that has been said has been said about that so I'm not going to you know talk about it it's just it was some cool news but other than that, we had a interesting week. And um, this past weekend, we had a D twenty three. We got some new stuff out of Star Wars, Marvel, Disney animation, um, and then we also also got a bad bad news. <sighs> Seems like a great relationship has come to an end for now. Um, hopefully, it'll continue, but. We don't know. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I will get into it sooner or later uh, in this episode. And also, I finally, guys, finally finished the book, uh, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away. took me two months, but I finally finished it. Uh, You know, it's... When I, I, I had time to read it, and it just... Then I would ha- wouldn't have time to read it. So it was an on and off again relationship. But I finally finished the book. And I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. It was a great read. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely excited to talk about this book. And then, you know, just some general stuff happening in the world of pop culture news. Uh, so, yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, first things first, uh, I guess I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it right off the top. Uh, so, last week we got the news that... Um, 
Sony and Marvel Studios slash Disney ended their relationship with the in regards to Spider Man. Um, a whole bunch of stuff came out about it that Disney was asking for more money or more percentage in the uh, in the money, and Sony wasn't having it. So as of right now, the Spider Man deal with Sony and Marvel has ended. Um, I don't know if it's going to affect the third film. I believe the third film is still a part of the original contract. So they'll have to uh, keep that one intact. But I am not 100% sure on that. Do not quote me on that. But other than that, I mean, this is it's it was some sad news to hear about over the last week. I mean, we've gotten two great uh, Spider-Man films with this... Uh, deal, we got, uh, we finally got Spider-Man into the MCU, we got Tom Holland, who in my opinion is the best live-action Spider-Man, uh, but it's, you know, it's a depressing, it's depressing to find, to hear this news, because we enjoy these films so much, and, you know, it's just two big egos getting in the way of something great, and I don't know, I mean, there's tons of people on Disney side, there's tons of people on Sony's side, um, honestly, I don't know. Uh, what's going to come of it. I honestly, in my heart of hearts, believe that a new deal will get done. I think they'll keep this together. I think they'll realize that, you know, this is good for both companies, mainly Sony, because, you know, if Sony makes another Spider-Man movie and it bombs, people are just going to say, see, you can't, you can't make a good Spider-Man film without it being in the MCU. So um, I'm just hoping and praying that, Sony uh, and Disney can work out a deal, you know, get past this, guys, throw the egos away, get get yourself at, uh, back at the negotiation tables, just hash out a deal, don't be too gritty about what you want, and just, you know, deal with it, you know, it's good for everybody, and the people that get hurt the most are the fans, the fans are the ones who get hurt, and, you know, and obviously from the way it sounds, they don't give a crap about the fans, they just care about the money that's lying in their pockets, uh, but other than that, you know, it's just... It's a sad, sad thing that has has to happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are two companies, two businesses that want to make money. And, you know, whether or not they can negotiate a new deal and get back to the drawing table, you know, get back together, uh, you know, work things out is up to them. And I hope they get it done because, you know, Spider-Man is good in the MCU. And, you know, it's going to disappoint a lot of fans. And, you know... I think it's just it's just sad to, that these two couldn't keep this going because it was such a great deal for both of them. So, I mean, you know, we all knew eventually like that something like this was going to happen or uh, negotiations were going to start again with the deals. So, I don't know what's going to happen. Um I hope it gets worked out. I hope in the end the fans get the fans are the ones they care about. The ones they uh think about when it comes to making a Spider-Man film and keeping Spider-Man a part of the MCU because like I said the like I've said you know the it's the it's the fans that are the ones that are going to suffer from this not Disney not Sony uh it's the fans the fans are the ones who are going to be hurt and you know hopefully hopefully something gets done and you know it's it was disappointing to hear about that but uh that's that that's my opinion on it. I I don't want to get too deep in that because you know I don't want to talk about who's right, who's wrong, because at the end of the day, 
you know, both of them are wrong because, you know, they're not thinking about the people. They're just thinking about themselves, which is what businesses mainly do. But you can't do anything about that. That's just how the way it works, the way the world works. So other than that, that let's get off that sad note. So this past weekend, D23 happened in California. It's Disney's convention where they showcase a lot of their upcoming properties, uh, stuff that's going to come out soon. They did a heavy push on Disney Plus on Friday, and we got a lot of cool stuff coming out of it. Um, first, uh, first things first, uh, they announced that they're bringing back Lizzie McGuire on Disney Plus. Now, if you, anybody out there is too young, doesn't know what Lizzie McGuire is, do yourself a favor, go look up the old show. Um, I'm sure the old show will be on Disney Plus too, but basically Lizzie McGuire was a show about this girl just trying to navigate school with her two friends and, you know, it was just, it was basically your average slice of life, uh, show on Disney Channel starring Hilary Duff. It's what made Hilary Duff really popular and lo and behold, Hilary Duff is coming back to reprise the role as Lizzie McGuire. It's going to follow Lizzie as a 30 year old, uh, woman in today's world and, you know, I'm excited about this. It's a piece of nostalgia from my childhood that's coming back. Um, I think it's a great way to get the, not only younger, uh, the younger generation involved in the Disney Plus, but uh, also bringing in uh, older fans who were who are now my age and who watched the show when we were kids. Um, another thing that they uh, showed off was a new, it's, it was called High School Musical, the Musical, the Series. It's, I guess, a spin on the high, whole high school musical thing. I'll be honest, I saw the trailer for this, this show, and this show looks ridiculously stupid. I'm sorry. I mean, I watched the high school musical films because it was part of my youth. Uh, they came out right uh, when I was when I was a teenager and still a kid in middle school. Um, I'll be honest, this show looks dumb. It really does. Even the title of the show sounds stupid. High School Musical, the musical, the series. That just it's uh, oh my god. It's just I mean I think I get why they're doing it. They're trying to capitalize on the High School Musical brand. Um, I know they've didn't been trying to get this whole High School Musical um, series off the ground. Uh, I remember back in the day there was talks of another movie or TV show that was going to talk about the rivalry between the two high schools featured in the in the in the franchise, but that never came to fruition. But yeah, I just I saw the trailer, I saw the title, I was like, this looks dumb. This is definitely for those kids who are watching Disney, the Disney Channel right now, and, you know, just to grab them and uh, make, try to benefit off of the High School Musical name. Um, other things they showcased, uh, Forky from Toy Story 4 is getting his own shorts. Uh, they also uh, talked about Lady and the Tramp, the new, uh, their first live-action movie that's going to be coming out at day of launch. And, of course, they ended the the show on Star Wars, which was a lot, which was what a lot of people were really excited about. Uh, first, they uh, from what I've what I read and I heard, uh, they brought out uh, Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk to talk about the Cassian Andor series that's going to be coming out uh, on Disney Plus. That's going to focus on Cassian uh, and his relationship with K two S O from uh, you know the two characters from Rogue One. And then after that, they uh, also announced that the Clone Wars series, the final season, is going to be premiering 
in spring of next year, which I believe it's February of next year. Uh, so get if you're a huge Clone Wars fan or you watch Clone Wars, get excited for that. It's gonna come out next year, so really, it's really soon. It's right around the corner, and of course. They talked about The Mandalorian. They brought out John Favreau, Dave Filoni to talk about the show. Uh, if you don't know, The Mandalorian is the first is going to be the first live action Star Wars TV show uh, to air on television. Also, it's going to take place after the events of Return of the Jedi, so post Empire World, uh, and the story is going to focus on this lone bounty hunter, just simply called the Mandalorian. It's got that old school western vibe to it um you know pedro pascal is the lead playing the mandalorian it also starring carl weathers gina carano uh you know this is this is this show i'm really anticipating i want to see what they can do apparently disney and lucasfilm are very happy with how season one has turned out because they've already greenlit a season two and i believe they are filming that or working on that right now I think, yeah, I think they're working on the scripts or something right now, and it's season two is going to go into production, I believe, fairly soon or in the near future. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, The Mandalorian is something that I know a lot of Star Wars fans, especially um, Christian Harloff, who hosts Collider Jedi Council over on Collider Videos. He talks about how he won, he's always wanted a Star Wars live-action television series. And I remember a while back... There was talks of a uh, underground, like, scum and scoundrel type of Star Wars show that was supposed to come out on ABC a few year, uh, quite a while ago, but that never came to be. So, The Mandalorian is going to be our first foray into Star Wars live action on TV, and I'm excited about it, guys. I mean... You know, it's you know we got a lot we get we've gotten a lot of Star Wars television uh, animation shows, but you know it's finally it, to me it's about time we've gotten a live action t TV show because I feel like the way TV is filmed and the way the production of what TV goes is today, you can do something cinematic for the small screen and you know I think it's definitely time for Star Wars to be involved in that and I can't wait for it. I mean I'm excited. Uh, will we ever see his face? Is he ever gonna? take his helmet off, is he going to be like a Judge Dredd type where he never takes his helmet off and you just hear his voice, but uh, other than that, you know, that's that was cool to see that, and they also released the first trailer, it's about a minute and 40 second trailer, it doesn't really give you much on the plot, it's more like, it's kind of like your typical Star Wars trailer where it teases you, gives you an idea of what to expect, but really doesn't give you way much of what the plot is going to be. But from what I saw, it looks fantastic. The visuals look amazing. Uh, it definitely looks dark and gritty. Definitely Western. Definitely adult. I mean, this doesn't look like it's going to be a show for kids. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for it. I can't wait to hear what, uh, can't wait for it to launch with Disney Plus on November 12th. Uh, guys, yeah, just remember that if you are interested in Disney Plus, Disney Plus... Disney Plus launches on November 12th, and it's going to launch with a lot of stuff, and The Mandalorian is their flagship show that they're launching with. And also, we learned, we found out that The Mandalorian is going to be a weekly show. It's not going to be one where it's like what Netflix does, where it drops all the episodes and you can just binge. And I think they want it to be a weekly show. They want it to be an episodic thing. That way, you're always talking about it. You're always speculating. Kind of the whole what the whole Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad type of, and Walking Dead type of mentality. You know, they want the... They want to bring back the water cooler show, and 
Why not do it with the first live-action Star Wars show? So, yeah, The Mandalorian, can't wait for it. Extremely excited about it. Uh, don't know what else to say other than the fact that I'm really happy and excited for the show to come out. And, you know, just hopefully we can, we'll get, it'll be fantastic and it'll give us excited more for uh, season two. But the other, the biggest thing that they talked about, it actually leaked uh, before D23, was that uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, best known for playing young Obi-Wan Kenobi in the prequels, um, was going to come back and play Obi-Wan in a new Disney Plus Obi-Wan television show. Uh, For those who didn't know, for a while it was rumored or was going to happen an Obi-Wan movie, kind of like, you know, Rogue One and Solo. But I think because of what happened with Solo, that, you know, they kind of got scared and pulled back on it. But, you know, and people are always saying, well, maybe it would make a better television show. Do Obi-Wan as a television show. Give me 10 episodes, episodic, you know, and you can really stretch the story instead of being confined to two hours. And so... We got reports from THR or Deadspin or Deadline or whoever uh, reporting that this was going to happen. You know, this is the done deal. And lo and behold, uh, like all, they always do at these conventions, they go, oh, uh, we got one more big announcement. Uh, they brought out Ewan McGregor. Uh, they a- simply asked, are you going to be Obi? Are you ever going to play Obi-Wan again? And he said, yes. So we have confirmation that the Obi-Wan television show will be happening starring Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, so yeah, just, I'm excited for it. I mean, I, you know, there's, we've gotten so much stuff exploring the time period between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope that, you know, we like, we've gotten what, how the Rebel Alliance kind of got formed, uh, you know, what Han Solo was doing, and like tons of books between those time periods. But the biggest question was, what was Obi Wan doing? I mean, we the biggest thing everybody talks about is he wasn't, uh, he couldn't have just been watching over Luke the entire for twenty years that he was on tattooing. He was had to have been training, you know, training because Yoda had told him more training I have for you. Uh, you know, learning how to communicate with the with Force Ghosts because you know Qui Gon Jinn had learned how to f- become a Force Ghost and talk through the uh, you know the netherworld of the Force and you know what was he doing and then of course uh, a lot of people are speculating that you know Darth Vader should be the main villain of this show and I cold heartedly agree you know. Some people said Darth Maul. Well, you can't really do Darth Maul because if you saw the show Rebels and you saw the final showdown between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul, you realize that Darth Maul has not seen Obi-Wan since the Clone Wars. And he's been searching for him for this entire time. And he finally finds him. They have their fateful final duel, so on and so forth. So Darth Maul is... uh, Probably out of not completed out, but him being like finding Obi Wan and them fighting is probably not a strong possibility for the show. Uh, but I believe that Vader is more possibility because there's some key word phrases that you hear from that you kind of think about from the original trilogy 
Like, in A New Hope, is like, the last time we met, I was but the learner, but now I'm the master. Uh, yeah, but, like, like okay, the last time you met, like, when? I mean, like, we've learned in Revenge of the Sith that the last time they fought, he was assumed that Anakin was dead on Mustafar. And then we also uh, got in Return of the Jedi where he tells Luke, Obi-Wan th- once thought as you did. And, like... Well, it's like, how do you, like, what, when, when like, the, you know, Obi-Wan thought you were dead, and, like, he didn't think, when we watch Revenge of the Sith, there's, he doesn't think about redeeming him, he just thinks about stopping him, and, you know, you know, from doing something terrible, and then we also hear from Obi-Wan in Return of the Jedi, he's more man than machine now, well, how would he know that when the last time he saw him, he was, had no limbs, and was burning alive on Mustafar, so... To say that Vader can't be the villain for the show is kind of preposterous because I feel like he kind of needs to be. I feel like Obi-Wan was that that was that character that he finds out that his friend is this Dark Lord of the Sith and that he feels like, I, maybe I can turn him. Maybe I can bring him back to the light side and maybe we can just defeat the Empire once and for all, put the galaxy back in order. That way I don't have to keep your kids from you and stuff like that. But, you know, maybe he does that, goes off, finds him, tries to save him, but doesn't work. They have another fight. He probably beats him again, realizes, I can't, you know, this this is impossible. I cannot um, save my friend. The only way to save him is for him to be defeated by his own child. And I will watch over this child, and hopefully he will become a great Jedi or whatever. And you know, defeat his father and bring balance back to the force. So, uh, yeah, so Obi-Wan series, I'm excited for it. Can't wait. Can't wait for more news. We'll probably get even more a teaser next year's at next year's Star Wars celebration, but definitely, definitely, definitely excited for Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. Ewan McGregor's back. I can't wait to see what they do with it. I wonder if they'll cast a young Luke. And maybe we'll get a little um, interaction between uh, Obi-Wan's uh, Ewan McGregor and a young Luke Skywalker. Because they're saying that this show is going to take place about eight, seven, eight years after Re- Revenge of the Sith. So by that time, Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker is about eight or seven years old. Because you got to remember, he was born at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get more news about it in the near future. Uh, maybe we'll get even a, a you know cool poster or something. Uh, some behind-the-scenes photos, and then, you know, maybe we'll get a first look of it at next year's Star Wars celebration. But, yeah, so that was all the big news that happened this past week, in, or in past week, guys. Uh, D23 and the Spider-Man Sony News. Um, so, for today's, for the, um, to close out today's show, I'm going to review something that I told you I was going to review last, uh, last time. Uh, so, I follow this, uh, this wonderful, awesome dude named Ken Napsok on you know, through his podcast from, uh, you know, uh, The Knapsack Files, uh, Casterly Talk. Uh, he's on Collider Jedi Council on Collider Video. Uh, he also hosts an amazing and f- entertaining podcast called The Afternoons with Josh and Ken. He hosts that show with Josh Bakuga. Uh, so uh, Ken Knapsack is a person I've been following for a while. And he announced a while back, uh, I think, yeah, a couple months back that he had was writing a book. And, um, 
you know, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'm interested. It's a Star Wars book. It's, it's, I, I don't know what to expect, but, uh, you know, just like, I'll read it. I'll pick it up. I'll support him and I'll read the book. So I got the book right before I left on vacation for, uh, Hawaii back in, um, about a couple of months ago. Uh, I tried reading the book. I, I just, I couldn't read it. Uh, there was, on um, the plane was not, not, you know, we had, we had a rough time traveling so I really couldn't get into the book and so I brought the book to me with at work and I was reading the book at work and, and in my spare time and you know I finally got through it I finally finished the book and um I have to say um this is probably one of the best non-fiction books I've read in a really long time uh, I usually read a lot of fantasy fiction books mostly I rarely read um non-fiction books written by people because I, you know, I just have to be interested or curious about it because, you know, the last time I would read these kind of books uh, on my own was when I was in school and I had to. So when I picked up the book, I really didn't know what to expect. I know he said it was a collection of essays that he had wrote and he put them together. And the best way I could describe this is it's a basically a countdown list it goes countdown it's a hundred things hundred uh essays and it counts down from 100 to number one of course and to me it's the best version of a countdown because when you see these countdown videos you know like top 10 this top 20 this it they're not very long videos unless they make them really long and really and it's like i don't feel like watching this all but with most of them they're like like on watch mojo their top 10 lists are like not ten minute videos. Each uh, each uh, no, uh, moment is like maybe a minute. Talked about for a minute, and then it's done. But what I like what he did in this book is each each moment he talks about, he goes into detail about why he loves these moments. I mean, and as I'm reading this book and I'm reading these moments, it is opening my eyes pretty wide to what. To Star Wars, you know, I'm I would consider myself a Star Wars fan. I'm not a hardcore fan. Uh, you could quiz me on Star Wars terminology, you know, knowledge and all that. I probably would fail. Uh, I'm not a casual fan because I don't just, you know, whatever. Like I mean, I've watched every single Star Wars film. I've bought, I play Star Wars video games. Hell, I just read my first Star Wars book, and you know. I have to say, he has made me even more of a big fan of Star Wars. Uh, you know, honestly, he came out and said, you know, you may not agree with the order I put this uh, these things in, but, you know, it's just, it's my list, so. And, yeah, I kind of agree. There's some stuff I probably would have put higher in moments, but I understand why he put him in these places. And I understand why he you know, wrote about them and talked about them. I mean, I'll be honest, it's so good. And, like, the detail and, I mean, people, the, some things I heard, like he said, people talk about is, I, you, I don't care about the writing, you know. It, what I like about it is it, he makes it easy to understand and he get, it grabs you and makes you think about these moments. And I have to say, each moment he talked about just blew me away. It's like, I never thought of those moments, even the smallest things, the smallest moments. And he goes into, it's something that's so minute, but then he goes into detail of why it's so important. Uh, 
like the he talks about how the the Imperial March or the famous uh, Leia Han moment where she says I love you and he just uh, says I know. He talks about lightsabers. He talks about so many different things from comics to video games to the TV sh- to animation TV shows to the movies. It's not just limited to the movies, and that's what I love about this book. It is such an it's a fun read. It'll it'll make you think about these moments and be like, yeah, you know what? That's yeah, you know what? That makes complete sense. It is a big moment. It didn't seem like it, but yeah, now that I actually somebody's explained it to me, it sounds like a really big moment. So, you know, and I will have to say my the my favorite part in this whole book was probably his uh chapter on lightsabers. Uh you know, it just he goes into detail about, you know, how every kid when they were every person when they were a kid, uh, who had seen Star Wars, knew about Star Wars, or, you know, just knew what a lightsaber was. And how every kid would just, you know, take up anything like, you know, a yardstick, uh, an actual stick, uh, the tube from a wrapping paper, uh, and just pretend it was a lightsaber. Make that noise and, you know, pretend you're fighting Darth Vader or fighting off Imperials. And how you just, you know, you use your imagination. And he goes and talks about the famous, the viral video of Lightsaber Kid and how something that, you know was seen as laughable and made fun of and probably destroyed this person's life, uh, actually showcased what we all love to do or what we like to do in secret when nobody's around. And he, I like how he all ends, I, I like how he says, you know, we were, we we're all Star Wars kids. We just didn't end up in a viral video, but we were all him. And I love that chapter. It's a very good chapter. I forget what number it was, but it was such a good read. So, if you're a Star Wars fan, casual, hardcore, you know, on the fence, I would highly, highly recommend picking up this book. It is such a fantastic read. You won't regret it. It's fast. Once you get into the book, you cannot put it down. I would get mad when I'd have to stop because, you know, I wanted to continue reading. I wanted to find out what the next moment was going to be. And, you know, what I like about it is it's not like... He didn't write a dissertation of what Star Wars means to us. He just writes a simple essay that you get through, and it just makes complete sense the way he writes it. So, guys, I highly, highly recommend checking out Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away by Ken Napsok. Go out, get the book. You can get it on Amazon. Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your bookstore, uh, books at, go and pick up this book. If they, if your local bookstore doesn't have it, request it, because trust me, guys, as Star Wars fans, this is, this is a great book for you to read, and I can't imagine not reading enough sequel to this book in the near future with all the Star Wars stuff that's coming out soon. Uh, Kidnapsock, you've made a great book, and I am floored by how much I enjoyed this book and you know it just it made me a bigger fan of Star Wars because you opened up my eyes to what what else uh what the things that we um the small things in Star Wars that actually were big moments and I'm grateful that you did that and 
you know, it's a great read, and I hope you write another book like this, and thank you so much for this book, and I, you know, I could, I highly recommend it to anybody who is a Star Wars fan. So, that's my review of it. Go out there, get the book, guys. Go support this guy and get his book. So that's gonna do it for me this week on this week's episode of the Tech Series Podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you uh, uh, liked it. Uh, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, please rate, review the show, share it with your friends, get it out there, let people know about my uh, about this podcast, and you know, just I hope you guys enjoy your day. Uh, Remember, live life to the fullest and go out and pick up this book. You need to read this book. Star Wars fans, read this book. And I will catch you guys next time with an all-new episode of the Tech Series Podcast here on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, guys, you can be a hero. Later.